0: Good morning, welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas, Yoridea, Feliksheni, Hilches B'chor Behim Atorera, Halacha Gimel, Paragraph Vav. We dedicate to learning today, Le'ilu'i Nishmas, Re'b Chaim Meir, B'Rav Moshe, who's here outside is today, and Le'ilu'i Nishmas, Re'b Elieze, B'Rav Nosle Yaakov, Harini Kapuras Mishkavoy, Zahavalei Abbas, B'Rav Rom, Bas, all the others that need an Aliyah's Neshama, and for a complete full Shalema for all those that need it, including Chavivachana Basgalia, Naya Basgalia, Menachem and Rishabasha, Levi Melech Ben Rochel, Ben Yamin Ben Liba Margarit, Tzvi Ben Chay Sima, Asimah, Bas Shein Dobra. Shana Taiba bas <laughs> Miriam, Levi El Honun Ben Yael, Chaya Shoshana bas <laughs> Sora, Daniel Borach ben Sora, Aviva Chaya bas Esther Sri Sholem Beverly, David Yishayo ben Sora, Avigail Brocha bas Shirad David Leigh ben Shana, Avram David ben Hana, Sora Bas Hanariva, Idis Bas mm-hmm. Miriam Brindle, Michal Sora Bas Hadassa, Sora Yehudis Bas Sora, Yehudis Ruchama Bas Havarus, Gitaganendel Bas Sipora, Libalea Bas Sipora, Aviva Ilona Bas Yus Yus David Ben Behir, Shandel Baslea, Yaakov Yusho Ben Friendel Rechel, Shimon Eliezer Ben Rochel, Israel Nelson Ben Malkaida, Shlomo Ben Rifka Sprinzer, Eliohu Ben Miriam Rus, Leib ben Jenya, David Elio ben Michal, Shimon ben Michal, Ruve Moisha ben Rachel, Chaim ben Rachel, Soramayeba Sip- Sipkarivka, Chaim Arye ben Brocha, Akiba Kalman ben Soralea, Elio Yeshua ben Rachel, Tsvi ben Doiro, Besir Sha Holi Israel, Harry Ki Iker Gulas Mitzrayim, Hoyatruya Bozer, Rab Nosanzal says now that the whole success of the Jewish people being able to leave Egypt was dependent on this. That Aharon HaKoyan, the older brother, was able to humble himself to his younger brother, Moshe Rabbeinu. Because Moshe Rabenu was on an incredible high level. And as a result of Moshe Rabbeinu being on such an incredible high level, completely removed from ordinary people, people, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't reveal himself, couldn't show himself at all to the people. As Moish Rabbeinu, when when Hashem wanted to send him to Paroi, Moish Rabbeinu said, I can't speak. Meaning, I can't speak in a way that that can relate to to these people. Rav Zal says, now, Moish Rabbeinu is in this category of Kvad because it was very difficult for him to be able to speak to ordinary people. Because he was way, way, way above and removed from the world, the physical world, the materialistic world. And therefore it wasn't really possible to reveal his greatness and his holiness other than through Aharon Akoyen, Shehoi Oz, hamanik shal koitem who was at that time the leader of the Jewish people before Moshe Rabbeinu was revealed. as the Pesach says, when Hashem is sending them both to Paroi, ato tihi Eloi lalikim, you, Moshe Rabbeinu, will be his leader, the leader for Aaron Akoyin, and he will be your mouthpiece. Because Aaron Akoyin, based on the very high level he was on, was to understand the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu. And Aaron Akain was the one who revealed the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu to the Jewish people. Because it was all, all dependent on him, on Aaron Samhualov, Because the entire Jewish people relied on him. He was the one that he knew was their leader for all the years that Moshe Rabbeinu was away. He was the the previous leader of the Jewish people. And therefore, were it not for the humility of Arna she'shiber who put aside completely any thoughts of personal kovay, and nullified, negated himself completely to Moshu Rabbeinu, the Jews would not have been able to leave Egypt just through Moshe Rabbeinu alone because they didn't really have a connection to him. They needed Aaron to be the bridge. hanal. And the concept of the Jewish people leaving Egypt, that's the biror that we've been discussing about here between the choysem of the Sitrachra and the choysem of Kidusha whereby we extract and remove all of the holy sparks that have fallen into the state of Hechtim into a place of Tumor, and we elevate them to the Chosem of kedusha, which is referred to as Tfilim. Shizo Bachinas Yitzias Mitzraim. That's also what was taking place when the Jews left Egypt. Sheoz Yotsu kol Tsivois Hashem Kol Hanitzotzeis Hagdochois Migolos Mitzraim Mi Ervasorets mi pegama bris. Because when the Jews were leaving Egypt, all of the holy sparks that had fallen into Egypt were also coming out with them from this Tummah. This ervasor, it says, it's called from this place of pegamabris, ki iker yitzias mitsrayim hubechinas tikonabris, because the 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 whole the main spiritual concept of the Jews leaving Egypt is a concept of tikonabris, ki hagolus pegam tipei keri arishan, because the Arizal and the Zohar Kodesh revealed us that one of the main reasons why the Jewish people had to go down to Egypt was in order to repair the the that Odom HaRishon experienced during the 130 years that he separated from his wife, from Chava, after eating from the eight Hadas. And that that period of time that Odomarishin went through when he spilled seed, that period of time is, is referred to as this hechdem besore, this Pigamabris, as Rabbeinazal refers to it over there in chapter 5 in the second half of Likutimran, which this haloch is based on. And therefore, it's at that point in time when the Jews are leaving Egypt, that's when Hashem taught us the mitzvah of the B'choyer, the firstborn, being sanctified and given to the kohen, Shehu Bechines aharon, who is, comes from Aron Ki Aharoin Zochel because Aron was to play a very important role in this. As we learned in the previous year. The Kohanim to a higher level of tikna bris, and the Kohen Godel Azurcha to still a higher level of Tikhonabris. Paragraph Zion, Vialkein, Habir Shemavarim Ho Emunah, Nibachinas Herdem Besoroi, Lubachinas Mechentfilim. Rabbeinazal, in that chapter of Likud Imran that this halach is based on, it's called Tikku Emuna, And Rabbeinazal starts the chapter. By speaking about the fact that each and every one of us has to examine ourselves constantly to see where we're at in our emuna. And if our emuna has fallen, if it's dropped, we have to see to it to elevate it. So Rabbenasal there speaks about emuna hanafula, the fallen emuna, and the tikun ho emuna. So now Ramnosan says this refinement, this improvement. Where we improve the Amuna, we take it out of the category of hechtim the Sarai, out of its fallen state, and elevate it to the bechina of moichen Tfillin, which is an elevated state. Shaheen Bechina's The, the Tfillin are, are associated with the seven shepherds of the Jews. We mentioned that we find on the box of the Tfillin Shraish there are two shins on the outside, one shin of three heads. And one shin of foreheads, which correspond to the seven shepherds of the Jewish people, who are the ones from whom we draw our emuna. They are called Royim, Shiva Royim, seven shepherds. And the Pasuk says, "Shchan Eretz live in the land and be nourished with Emuna. So Zal says, We're elevating the Emunah from the fallen state. To the elevated state of Meichenfilllen, which is the seven shepherds, Shiva which also corresponds to those seven clouds that accompanied the Jewish people while we were travelling through the desert in the merit of Arnakoim, as we mentioned in the previous year, Kinekroim anonim they are called clouds. So now, Rav Nosanazal made a connection between the seven shepherds who are the ones, the foundation of our faith, our emuna in Hashem, our emunah s'adikim, and the seven clouds, which are called anonim. Because Rav Nosanzhal says now, real emuna is like clouds, like darkness. As the Pusik says, your faith during the nighttime, when it's dark, like the clouds represent darkness. Because real emuna means closing one's eyes completely and removing, put aside, putting aside one's intellect, one's rationale completely. That's a concept of darkness, closing the eyes. And it's by doing this specifically that a person is to achieve recognition of Hashem. When a person darkens, Their intellect completely, they shut down the intellect completely, and they rely purely on faith. As the Pesach says, Hashem places his hiddenness in the dark. And this is also tied into the Pesach in Koheles, which says, that the true appreciation of light comes from darkness. Because it's impossible for a person to really be, receive the light of das, of wisdom of Torah, and knowledge of Hashem, other than through the darkness of faith shech Legamri, whereby the person closes their eyes completely, the and shows that I'm willing to rely on faith alone. And that's when the person can be to that to see the incredible difference and the, the benefits of light from the darkness. Specifically, from darkness we get an appreciation for light. The Zohar Kodesh says that an artist, when they're using the color white, they put a black border around it in order to be able to see, to be able to see the whiteness, to really distinguish and differentiate the whiteness. This is obviously the concept of closing our eyes and putting our hand over our eyes when we say Shema Yisrael, which is the declaration of faith in Hashem. And now Rabbi says, And with this we'll also understand a reason why the tefillin are black. Because black is a concept of darkness. Because what really allows us and enables us to reveal the light, the sechel that the tefillin are, is by strengthening ourselves purely in emuna. as the Pusik says in Shira Shirin, I'm black. And I'm beautiful. When I darken myself, meaning, when I shut down my brain, the brain is compared to a candle that's lit. When I close that down, not to try to analyze and understand using using knowledge, To understand the ways of Hashem. But rather, I rely purely on faith. Then I'm beautiful. Meaning, Then I'm so to the beauty and the pride and the sechel of Tfilin, the Mochan of the Tfilin. Because it's impossible for a person to be to true spiritual knowledge and without emunah. Because through complete, pure faith in Hashem, for a substantial period of time, for days and years, a person will be zoiche afterwards to achieve recognition of Hashem and understanding of Hashem. Bebechinas, as the Pesach says, vei rastich li beemunah Hashem. Shalidei emunah, zoichen Ladas. Through emunah, we zoiche tedaas, bechinas tefillin, which is what the parashiyos of the tefillin represent. Meichen, d'as seichel. Came, and this explains also why first we put on the tefillin Shalyad, and then the tefillin on the head. because the tefillin shol corresponds to emuna. There's a pasuk vayehi Yodov emuna. Mosh Rabbeinu's hands were outstretched in faith. So the, the tefillin Shalyad represent malchus emuna, which is referred to as the weaker hand. We put on tefillin on the weaker hand, the left hand. Or if it's a left-handed person, on their weaker hand, which is the right hand. Loshm chayshech. Weak in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for weakness is keha. Keha means weak. And keha also means lack of light, absence of light. The term keo also refers to darkness, which is associated with emuna. Emuna is associated with the dark of night. Because the way that a person starts the process of being to understand, to have knowledge, understanding of Hashem, the hasoga of the amoychen, is by starting with emuna. Any questions, please? It and this is the concept of a b'chorer when it's complete, when it's whole. It doesn't have any blemish. We are not allowed to offer a bechor on the mizbeach unless the bechor is whole, completely, no blemishes at all, no defects. The pasuk says, if it has any type of a mum, we are not allowed to offer it as a sacrifice. Because faith emuna is referred to as wholesomeness, whole, complete. Because Rabbenasa writes in chapter 31 in Likutia Maran That what really completes everything is emuna. And if there's a, if emuna is lacking, then the thing is lacking. Vafilu ainlo And even Torah and das, holy knowledge, is lacking, is incomplete unless it's unless it's combined with emuna. as the Gemara says, makas bo chavakruk Ve'emidon alachas that Chavakuk came along and he showed that the entire Torah is based on one thing, Emuna. He quoted the Pesach, a Tzadik lives with Emuna. Iin Sham take a look over there in chapter 31 in Likud Imran where Abedinazel expounds on this. Because when we talk about complete, whole, that's only with Emuna. Because a, a Jew is not complete, and the performance of a mitzvah is not complete unless it's being performed with Emuna. ho Emuna kol hadvarim chaserin. Without Emuna, everything is lacking. Because the truth is. It's impossible for us in this world to be able to understand anything completely. hadas, And therefore, das is not complete, is not whole. Kama as we find by shlomo Hamelech, the smartest person that ever lived, he said, Omarti I thought I knew everything, I thought I knew, I thought I understood, and I see that it's far from me. I don't understand completely. And therefore, even a person who is to achieve a certain level of understanding and knowledge of Torah or of a particular mitzvah, For example, a person studies the the, the Gemara and they study the Zohar HaKadosh and the Arizal and their Zohar to get to know a certain understanding regarding a particular mitzvah. Even if that person got a true understanding regarding what that mitzvah is about, if the person will want to perform that mitzvah and limit it only to that one thought, that one explanation that they learned, that is not considered complete. Because the Pussek says in Eoiv that the Torah, which is referred to as Tushia, the Torah is double. Whatever you think, it's much more than that. Because even a specific understanding regarding a mitzvah, a person learns the writings of the where he explains the kavanas of tzitzis or the kavanas of tefillin or a mezuzah. Rav Zal says. Even that alone, we cannot possibly understand completely the Arizal's explanation. And now how much more so our limited understanding, kia because we know that there are 70 interpretations of every single thing in the Torah. The chol me uponim kol me'alofim verivelayes pirushim aden katz. And the Arizal says every one of those seventy interpretations is made up of thousands and tens of thousands of details of different variations. And therefore. There isn't a single tzaddik in the world that can understand even one mitzvah completely. Ki mido uruchava because the pasuk says that the Torah is longer than the whole world and wider than the ocean. rechava And as Dovah says in him, for everything. I can see an end to it. But regarding the, the 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 Torah, regarding the mitzvahs, there it's much bigger than that. It's much bigger than anything we can perceive. And therefore, if a person will want to fulfill a mitzvah and limit it to a specific explanation that the Arizal gives, let's say, regarding a mitzvah, harbei. that person is missing a lot, they're leaving out a lot. Because the intentions that Hashem had in giving us a mitzvah are infinite. Every mitzvah is infinite. Al Emuna. Therefore, even a person who's learning Halocha and kabbalah and everything still requires emuna fi emuna hi shlemus. because emuna is complete that's whole kikishimakhaina submits with because when a person is fulfilling a mitzvah with faith meaning what do we mean by with faith shemamen shahashem yisporach sivalonu laseh azois mitzad retsinoy vetamoy the person believes that Hashem has commanded us to fulfill this mitzvah based on the will of Hashem and based on the reasons that Hashem has. Because Hashem wants whatever He wants regarding the performance of this mitzvah. mitzvah So therefore, when a person's performing a mitzvah with that intention, I'm doing this because this is the will of Hashem. I've been taught this is what Hashem wants me to do. In that intention is included... All of the different possible kavanas that could be written in all the different sforim. <speaking in Hebrew> because when a person says I'm doing this because Hashem wants me to do this, in that Hashem, in what Hashem wants, is included all the possible reasons as to why Hashem wants me to do this, and exactly what this mitzvah is really all about. And the person is performing the mitzvah with that intention. Because in that intent is included all the possible intentions ad infinitum. And therefore, even a person who is to understand a true understanding that a person is supposed to have regarding a mitzvah, regarding a particular mitzvah, The person shouldn't feel, I know, I know, I understand exactly what this mitzvah is all about. Not true, I have a certain limited understanding. Mitzvah is Hashem, mitzvah is infinite. and when a person has that Kavana that I'm doing this because I believe that this is the will of Hashem, then the mitzvah is complete, then his intentions are complete.. But if the person is relying purely on one particular kavana that he learned about a mitzvah, or the person is relying on their knowledge, their understanding of the mitzvah, ain lo shlemus—that That is incomplete. And the person's leaving out a lot. We'll finish the paragraph and then we'll address questions. Paragraph test. And it's for this reason that the Sifre Kabbalah tell us that a Jew is not allowed to derive a halocha from Kabbalah, from the Kabbalah that the Arizal or the Sifre Kabbalah teach us meaning that a person will derive a a, a new mitzvah, or how a mitzvah should be done, they'll derive it not from the sources of halacha, but they'll derive it only from Kabbalistic sources. This is extremely forbidden. This is extremely forbidden. As I heard from Rabbi Nizal, this is brought in Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, paragraph 277, that a person who wants to bring forth new ideas, new revelations in Torah, a person is allowed to bring forth new ideas, new explanations in the Torah, however the person wants, if they're qualified to do it, on condition that the person does not derive any new halacha as a result of 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 the chidushim, the chidush or a drush that somebody has in Torah, because the laws of the Torah, exactly what we can, are allowed to do, not allowed to do, and exactly the, the physical form, shape and form in which a mitzvah is performed, that's only allowed to be derived from the words of our rabbis in the Gemara and the Shulchanah, the Peskin. Whereas it's 100% forbidden for a person to derive any halacha based on their own ideas where they derive some type of a chiddish from a pasach, from a gemara, or based on kabbalah, those kind of things. Haklal Rav Nosan Zal says to, to summarize what we're saying here, and it says here, kan it seems that Rav Nosan Zal had something more to say in this paragraph we just read, but unfortunately it's missing. We don't have it. Shum din Afilu to, to summarize and emphasize what's being said here, that it's forbidden for us to derive any halacha or any specific way that a Jew is supposed to conduct themselves based on our logic, based on our knowledge of Kabbalah. Afilu even if the thing that we're deriving is adding strictness to a certain halacha, not allowed to do that. zena regarding this, the Pusik says, lo min That we are not allowed to deviate from what the chachamim teach us, not to the right and not to the left. Even to the right, to be more strict than the halacha, to add to the halacha, to add strictness, we're not allowed to do that because we are required to conduct ourselves only according to the way that Hashem commanded us and our rabbis have taught us. What we're saying here, Ab'nas says, makes perfect sense and is very clear to those who understand and those who are going on, on the proper path. Because a person can stumble and get into all kinds of mistakes if the person will want to follow their own Chachmas. As Rabbi Nazal hints to this in many different places, chapter 24 in Imran, and chapter 19 in the second half of the Imran, that we're not allowed to rely on our knowledge, on our intellect, but rather to rely on our faith, faith in Hashem, faith in the Torah, faith in the guidance of the tzaddikim. as our rabbis have taught us. Question in the chat. It seems that doing a mitzvah because Hashem wants me to do it is an aspect of his kashrus to the tzaddik. The answer is yes, it's true, because Rav Zal said be emunah sayichye, that the most important thing that the tzaddik is is a pillar of emunah, faith. We said we mentioned the previous year, we said Rosh Hashanah and Keper, emuna. his advice, the advice of Hashem, the advice of the Torah, the advice of Tzadikim, is emuna. That's the most important advice. Now, a question in the chat now, how can a person know what to believe unquestionably without the use of seichel? We've seen people believe in very unworthy leaders with complete faith, saying even though what they seem is wrong, this is just an outward imp- impression. In reality, they're accomplishing very deep things that just that we don't understand. This is a very delicate point. Number one, Rabbein has a, a very short chapter in Likut Imran, a, a one-liner, basically. Two lines where Rabbein says there, that with emuna alone, a person can fall. If a person combines emuna with das, then they can they can they can stand. They can stand. They can survive. They can succeed. When Rav Nelson's out here is putting tremendous emphasis on emuna, he's stressing. He's talking about a person who has das, who has a lot of das and yet it comes to certain points that, let's say, a person who has this das, who has learned a lot of explanations about a mitzvah in the Torah, Rav are saying still it's important that when I'm doing the mitzvah, I'm not doing it based on the rationale, based on the explanations, I'm doing it because it's the will of Hashem. And the will of Hashem is something that's infinite. I know that all the different reasons that I've learned for performing this mitzvah. And all the explanations are a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what's really in that mitzvah. Because again, every mitzvah is infinite. Everything about Hashem is infinite. Now it comes when it comes to, to, to learning, choosing a path, how to serve Hashem, and choosing a leader to follow, here again, it's a very delicate point We choose a leader, With I close my eyes and I say, I'm going to choose this leader. The answer is no. A person, a Jew is required to learn Torah and to learn the will of Hashem, to learn the mitzvahs, to learn the halachas. And then a person sees a leader to see, is this person a a leader of truth? Is this person following what the Torah says or not? Now we know that there is a possibility Rabbein Azal says this, Rabbein Azal said, just like there are questions on Hashem, just like there are a lot of things that we don't understand about Hashem, there will be things that we will not understand about Sadiqim. So now there's now there's a problem here. You're telling me that a true tzaddik, There'll be things that I'll see that tzaddik doing that I don't understand, that in my mind seem to be improper. And then the Torah tells us that there are untrue tzaddikim, there are fake fake, false tzaddikim, mefursamim shel sheker, of all different types. So how in the world is supposed a person supposed to figure this out? The answer is, it's not simple. It's very, very delicate for a person to be able to see and 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 to see and to plead with Hashem to beg hashem that I should be to be able to differentiate between a truth Sadik and one who is not a truth tzaddik, between a, a one who is a true leader and not even though even though when it comes to the true leader there are things that I don't understand and I can't understand some of the things that doesn't give me permission to choose a leader who 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 I see is going against all the laws of the Torah, Chasashon. We know that before the time of the Balshentai, there was an era that Kali Yeswah went through that was referred to as the false Moshiachs, where we're told that there were there was a person that that was very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable in, in all parts of Torah, and knowledgeable in Kabbalah, and was doing all kinds of things. And as a result, there were many rabbis. That were taken in by him, that, that thought that this is Mamish the Moshiach. They saw that they, they never saw a level of greatness like they saw in this person. And then this person ended up doing terrible, terrible things, going off the path completely, going off the path of Yiddishkeit, et cetera, et cetera. The Gemara tells us that Rabbi Akiva, when he saw Bar Kochva, when he saw this Jew who had miraculous power, he was able to challenge. The Roman army, him with a, a group of people, a group of soldiers, were able to take on the Roman army and terrorize them and everything. And Rabbi Akiva thought that this could be the Moshiach. We see the case we spoke about recently about Yosef HaTzadik and his brothers, that Yosef HaTzadik, who was the true Tzadik Emes among his brothers... And yet to his brothers, it seemed to them that he had gaiva. It seemed that he was spe- speaking to They thought he was so bad that he deserved to be put to death. That, he, that according to halacha, it was the right thing to kill him. So it's true that this is very delicate. And, and we're not saying that a person picks a leader or does a mitzvah blindly. A person's supposed to learn halacha, to learn all the laws, to to get as much knowledge as we we can about Hashem, about mitzvahs, about everything in Yiddishkeit. However, with all the knowledge that we've obtained, I don't say I'm doing this mitzvah because I understand the, the value in this mitzvah. I'm doing this mitzvah because Hashem said to do it. That's why I'm doing it. In the Ktoiris that we recite every morning and at Mincha, it says there, at one point, it says that if we would add honey to the Ktoiris, it would improve the smell dramatically. Why don't we mix honey into it? Because the Torah said so. That's why. Why? And in Breslov, it's a known thing that that line in the tefillah is something very special. We say that with a, a deep feeling of realization that that's why I put on tzitzit. That's why I light candles to take in Shabbos. Not because it, because the Torah said so, because Hashem said so, because the rabbis and the Gemara, the rabbis in the Shulchan Aruch told us to do this. An example, I remember my Rebbe, Rav Rosenfeld, when he was giving shiurim in in Tikune Zoyar, and he was teaching about the mitzvah of tefillin. And the Zoyar Kodesh shows there that the tefillin shalyad correspond to the throne, to the throne of Hashem. And the Zoyar Kodesh says, that's why the tefillin shalyad should be put, put on sitting down. Whereas for the Tfun shalosh, we stand up, at, when putting on the Tfun shalosh. And my Rebbe said at the time, with a, a, a smile, with a, a, a bit of a, a jokingly, that this is one of the cases where I'm jealous of the Sephardim. Because the Spartic Pisgim, the rabbis, the leading rabbis among the Sephardim, they paskin, they follow the Zorah Kodesh in this item. The Sephardim, when they put on Tfun Shorosh, they put it on sitting down, And they stand up to put on the throne sheroish. Ashkenazim stand when putting on both pairs of tefillin. Now, even though Rav Rosenfeld knew the Tikkun Eizoyar, and he understood very clearly, very well, what this means, the the, the throne of Hashem sitting down, etc., still, the fact that we follow the Ashkenazic rabbis, they are our rabbis, that's what we 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 follow that Derek and halacha. We stand when we're putting on it tefillah shayad. We're aware that there is a deep reason behind sitting down. We're aware that there are certain communities where their rabbis said to do it that way, and therefore they're supposed to do it that way, and we do it this way. We know, for example, the the zayor also says that the the third part of the tefillah. in the morning, shachris is divided into four sections. Karbanais is the first section, then comes psuke de zimra, the second section, then comes shema and the brachas, before and after the shema, then comes shmon which is the fourth section. And the Zohar Kodesh says that again, that third section, we're climbing, we're working our way up from the bottom. The first section of the tefillah, karbanos, Corresponds to the Olam Huasira. The second section, Suke de corresponds to the Olam Hayitzira. The third section corresponds to the Olam Habriya. The section of the Shema and the Brachis before and after correspond to the Olam Habriya, which is called the Olam Hakiseh the world of the throne of Hashem. And the Tikkun Yisrael says that's why we sit after barchu after Baruch Hu the Tefillah of Shachris, we sit down for that part of the Tefillah when we make the Baruch HaYoi Oyru Oleru Voi until shortly before Shemona Esrei. Until we come to the words Tehilois L'Kel Elyon. Baruch Hu Mavoy Rach Yisrael L'Chem Shira B'Simcha At the word Tehilois, we stand up. The Zohiro Kaddish explains. Here, Rav Rosenfeld taught it and he said, here we find fa- here the, the, there's no halal when it comes to karbonais or the de, de zimra. If a person can stand, it's even preferred. It's a higher level of of, of respect for the tefillah. When it comes to after baruchu, when it comes to the part of shech, there we sit. We sit during that part of the tefillah. So it's it's a matter of of weaving, knowing where yes when there's an actual conflict, to know what we follow halacha-wise, what we follow, follow custom-wise. There's discussion about when there's a machlikus between halacha and kabbalah. And again, there are certain cases, the rabbis, the Arizal, was a Mekubal, and he was a paisig. We find throughout the Shulchan Aruch that the Brura and many other, the Bayer hated quote the Arizal very, very often as a as a strong opinion or a final opinion, in many cases, in halacha. But a person needs to know when yes, when not, and how and when, and this requires tremendous knowledge, and it requires tremendous emuna, emunas chachomin, emunas tzadikim, in following, following the, the, the proper
1: tzadikim. Quick question, Rav. Uh, delicate issue, um, situation that we're in. We speak all the time about a Avodah Hashem. When you go to a shul and you can't answer a main Yehoshimayi Rabbah because they're blasting music, or you can't do business with your clients because they're blasting um, propaganda, and you go to the guy pre- blasting all this, and you ask him, why do you need to blast this when I can't even live in my house? And he says, the guy paid me. Uh, you know, we want him to win for election. And you're smiling, Rav, and but in the shul it looks like a, a campaigning thing. Yet, you know, if I did this in the middle of Tishrei, they would say, "What, what, what are you doing? What? Are, this is a shul." Or better yet, I got one better. You know, everybody loves to say, "In in three weeks, let's not speak Lush and horror. Let's let's clean up the base medrash." Rav, I'm confused. And I don't want to really get involved with any of this Because I just want to, like, be left alone Everyone should have a nice life And I almost feel like it's a question That we have today Because, like, I-, I feel like there's an agenda Like, I don't want to, like, I-, I don't Like, I just want to come to the shir Here and-, and and say, everyone have a nice life
0: yes Klal Yisroel is very diverse. We're not cookie cutter, we're not all one kind, we're not all of one mindset. There are many different opinions and, and different pairs in Klal Yisrael, in Yiddishkeit, number one. There are boundaries, there are boundaries and there are laws regarding what a person's allowed to do, what a person isn't allowed to do. The Gemara speaks about a person who shouts into someone's ear are you allowed to do that? I didn't hit him. I didn't, I, I just yelled. Am I allowed to do that? Am I not allowed to do that? The Torah is vast and it covers a lot. It, it gives tremendous guidance of what to do, what not to do. And and when Hillel was asked, could you do, could you give me the whole Torah in one sentence? He said, sure. He said, what you wouldn't want somebody to do to you, don't do it to somebody else. And that's one of the important guidelines in a person making a decision, a choice to whether to do something or not to do something, or how to do it. That, that's on one hand. On the other hand, it's, it's important for a person, the Gemara says, <inaudible> that a Jew needs to be flexible. If a person is too strict and tough, that this is right and this is wrong, and, and, and the Gemara says, then a wind comes and it can snap a branch that's, that's tough. A strong enough wind comes and, and snaps the branch, whereas a reed that's flexible, the wind the strongest wind in the world can bend that reed, but the reed comes right back up, up. there's There's a lot going on in Clali soil, especially when there's elections, that kind of thing. We see that we see that people have priorities, things that they consider priorities and and people sometimes forget. Will get confused in what the priorities are, what and when. That there's there's a place for everything. There are certain things here again regarding a shul. There are laws as to what you're allowed to do in a shul, what you're not allowed to do in a shul, what you're allowed to speak about in a shul, what you're not allowed to speak about. The person has to try as best as we can to learn these laws, to get to know, and and to get to do the right thing, and and to try to try. to to be careful, to try to understand as best as we can, to try to understand other people and to try to avoid machlekis whenever possible. There are times, the the Shulchan Aruch says, that there are certain times where a person crosses a certain line where you're required to tell them that, that, that they're making a mistake, they're doing something wrong. But even that has to be done the right way. The Gemara says that there was a person who saw uh, someone doing something very wrong, and he came to the court to testify, and they examined it, you sure, you sure? you yeah. And then they said, take this person who's testifying and give him Malkus, beat him up. And the person started saying, what do you mean? He committed a sin and I'm getting hit? They said, yes, you're getting hit, because his sin is something that right now we can't prosecute him for. But what you did, coming to court to, to testify as a single witness against a person, you should have known that 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 can't that doesn't work in a Jewish court. You're doing you're doing something even more wrong. So sometimes, sometimes when a person is is rebuking somebody, if it's not done the right way, it can cause even more damage. You have to be careful. Question in the chat, but people have different preferences. Why didn't Hill say? Don't do to the other person what they don't like, not what you yourself don't like. The answer is that both are true. Both are true. But some people, if you would tell them, don't do to somebody else what they don't like, they, 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 they're, not, they're not that religious. They're not that sweet. But if you tell them, hey, would you want me to do this to you? How would you feel if I did this to you? That gets the person thinking a little bit more clearly sometimes, and the person realizes, I wouldn't want it done to me, so maybe I shouldn't do it to the other person, that kind of thing. We should be Zercha. we should be Zercha to the malchus of Kedusha, to the malchus of Kedusha, this is what we're praying for all day, every day, that we're aware that we're in Golis now, we're in exile now, Hashem's house is incomplete, there's a wall there, just a wall, and there's a mosque standing on on the house of where the the house of Hashem belongs. And and the religious people in general are looked down upon among the majority of the Jewish nation today. If you talk about numbers, and within the religious, all all the different issues, we should be to do what we can to avoid machloikas wherever possible, to try to promote healthy shalom, and to get to see the final goal of shleima. Bimhere <inaudible> b'yameinu, amen v'yamein.